Greetings, happy Sabbath. Nice to be with you today. Um, I would like to have a brief prayer here, and then I'm going to share a few things with you in preliminary, and then we'll talk about our subject. Let's uh, briefly bow our heads. Father in heaven, we are very thankful for this Sabbath. We are thankful for a few more moments of probationary time. I pray, Father, that you'll help us to really get a grasp of reality here. That Jesus is soon to come. The latter rain is soon to be poured out. And we are soon to meet the great issue of the final crisis in the enforcement of the mark of the beast. And yet we know that the Spirit of God will be poured out in full latter rain power upon your people. Father, forgive us for any idolatry in the heart. Please help us to surrender to thee continually and to love our Lord and to admire him because of his excellence and goodness. Please guide my mind and my lips and lead and direct me now, I pray. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to uh, just bring your attention again. I know that this was read already, but on the back of your bulletin is going to be a real nice series starting tomorrow night. You can connect with it by phone. It will be very good speakers. Um, Ron Kelly from the Berrien Springs uh, Village Church and uh, um, Don Miller, excellent speaker. Samuel Thomas, um, it's going to be very good. So it'll be two nights every week starting tomorrow night. I hope you'll join in. Also, I'd just like to mention this. And, I, um, you know, we as we are coming down now to where we're at, uh, you realize it's not very many days until this year is done. It's It will be deposited in history eternally. And as we look square into the, to the coming year, we need to really consider how we're going to live our lives. Um, in the practice of the message, the study of the message, and the proclamation of the message. Um, but I'd like to uh, just point something out to you. You may want to make a note of this. Um, if you have access to Audioverse on your phone or if you have access to YouTube on your phone, I would highly recommend a audio recording of the book Great Controversy and Desire of Ages. Um, if you look it up on YouTube, it's uh, whichever book, uh, Desire of Ages, Great Controversy, Patriarchs and Prophets is also included. But it's called, if you look up YouTube, it's called Myers Media, M-E-Y-E-R-S, Myers Media. I believe the lady who reads it, her name is Nancy Hamilton. It is a most exquisite reading of those books. And while you're traveling or maybe working in the kitchen, whatever, uh, as you can, this is a very good way to expose your mind uh, to this information. The Great Controversy, Desire of Ages, Myers Media, um, and it's also on uh, YouTube, so it would be very good. And Brother Bill, you're such a loving, kind brother. I appreciate your compliments. 
and it's very nice of you, but I love you too. And all praise and glory goes to God, right? So I want to share with you some, uh, some of my experiences recently, and then we're going to take a little look as we have time at the message of Revelation chapter 14. And I'm doing this for two reasons. One is hopefully to inspire you to do the same thing in some way, and also uh, for the glory of God. Uh, the very tenor and uh, pervasive purpose of our lives in these last days should be do, to do what the first angel's message says. Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And um, I must say, I, uh, I am very, very, very proud of Christ. I am very proud of him. What he has done, the more you ponder his life, uh, his humanity, his victory over the powers of darkness, uh, his death on the cross, his love, his endurance in persecution is just absolutely, absolutely tremendous. Uh, everybody who enters the bright world and the entire universe will adore Christ and worship him because he is worthy. He is worthy. He is worthy. So um, I don't know how many of you have your hands on this, but uh, these are available one way or another. Um, I know West Salem Mission produces these. There is an Adventist uh, printer in the Carolinas that prints them. This is an excellent way to share the message. It's 170 recordings with health recordings, Doug Batchelor, Joe Cruz, many things, all by subject. People can listen in, and I love passing this brochure out with the little book, Great Controversy. Okay, So I've learned some things about working a crowd. You know, I go door to door, but I've also learned some things about working a crowd. And sometime back when uh, several of us uh, were out passing out books at a, at a fair, it was Sabbath afternoon. We had no interest in the fair. We had interest in getting out of the books. But it was a small town fair, and it was absolutely thick. The crowd was just thick, and it was like it went really good. I was maybe there, well, a number of us were there for maybe two hours or so. But I went right in the center of town where all the people were, and I had a, a box of books next to me, and as the people were coming and going, I was just handing out the books, handing out the books. And even the policemen were standing there watching me. They didn't say anything. But eventually the people running the fair got onto it, and they ran us out of there. So... I decided after that, from now on, when I go into a crowd, I'm going to keep moving. Okay? I'm just going to keep moving. Whether it's a parking lot at a business or whatever, I'm just going to keep moving. If I get thrown out, fine. Uh, I'll go on somewhere else, but I'm going to keep moving. So uh, not too long ago, there was a church in Tennessee hired me to come down for one week uh, with another retired pastor who had, uh, has had plenty of experience at literature evangelism. They hired us to go door-to-door in their town, get out literature, and uh, they supplied us some books. I also took along with me 500 copies of this book here, Great Controversy. And uh, it, was, it was really, really a good time. Um, later on in the week, it, we got to the point where I realized we weren't going to get all those 500 Great Controversies out. So I encouraged my friend. I said, hey, let's go to this parking lot. And so we did at a, quite a large business. And um, <clears throat> anyway, I'll tell you about that. But I want to tell you about just a couple of experiences. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here uh, sharing with some of these things with you. And then we'll look at the Word of God, too. Um, when I would walk up to a home and begin, of course, I would tell them why I was there. And I would share with them the books. The, the church provided us some books to sell. And then we had other ones. 
But when I would, my basic approach was this. Now, if I'm giving away the book, I'll say it a little bit different. If I'm selling it, I'll say it a little bit different. But when I'm approaching a person, like say in a parking lot, if it's a woman or a man, whichever, I'll say either sir or ma'am, here's a gift for you. This book tells you about the lives of famous Christians, what's happening to freedoms in America, end time Bible prophecies, and it shows you how Jesus wants you in heaven. And I walked up to a house and uh, there was a lady coming down from the carport with her about 10-year-old girl and they were halfway to the house and I happened to meet them there. And so I gave my spiel. I said, you know, ma'am, we're out sharing for a donation here, a book that tells you about famous Christians in the past, what's happening to freedoms in America, end time Bible prophecies, and how Jesus wants you in heaven. The lady was real nice. She pulled out a $20 bill and um, she gave it to me. And I said, well, ma'am, I said, that's a very generous donation. I said, since you gave me so much money, I said, I got another book here. And so I had a children's storybook there. And I hand, pulled it out and handed it to them for a little 10-year-old girl. And while I was talking to them, I was explaining to them the um, brochure about how they can hear all this stuff. And uh, the little girl, she's about 9 or 10 years old. She's listening to me. And she said, hey, she said, when I go inside... I'm going to go up to my room and I'm going to dial that number and I'm going to listen to those recordings. So the mother was standing there and the little girl was standing there. She had a wad of, of, of $1 bills in her hand. I counted them later. It was nine $1 bills and the little girl had them in her hand. And so after the woman gave me the $20 bill and I gave them another book, the woman said to her little girl, she said, honey, she says, give that man that book. Or, I'm sorry. She said, honey, give that man that money. She says, it'll come back to you. Yeah. So anyway, we had all kinds of good experiences. Um, so when we were working this parking lot, in fact, my buddy came in and Friday afternoon in just a few hours, we, the two of us together handed out 250 books. And um, so anyway, I was in there the day before, but I had, there was one man coming out of the store. And I said, sir, I said, here's a book for you. I said, this book will show you what's happening to freedoms in America. Famous Christians, end-time Bible prophecy, and how Jesus wants you in heaven. He said, look, he said, you know what? He said, I'm not religious. He says, I, I really don't read the Bible. I said, sir. I said, please check this book out. This book will show you how there's a great controversy between God and the devil going on in the world and how you can be on the right side. He said, okay. He said, I'll take it and read it. Then I said to him, I said, thank you so much for being open-minded. Now get this. So after I said that, he raised his fists up in my face like this, like this. And on each knuckle was tattooed letters. On the right-hand knuckle was tattooed the letters O-P-E-N for open. On the other fist was tattooed the letters M-I-N-D for mind, <laughs> open mind. And we both got a kick out of that. I remember one couple I walked up to. If I walked up to a woman and a man, I'd always target the man. But, I, but in this case, I could see the woman was very intently listening to me. And um, I think I asked them, you know, if they went to a church anywhere. And she said, well, she said, I used to. But she said, the church I was going to told me that I was going to go to hell uh, because I had, she had unfortunately um, birthed a child out of wedlock. I said, well, I said, that's definitely not right, but I spent some time explaining to her how Jesus was will would forgive her of that. And as I was explaining these things to her from the scriptures, I just saw this load 
lifted off of her mind. And uh, they gave me their name and address, and I turned it in to the pastor down there. <clears throat> I should keep a record. I still am failing to do that, but anyway, I'm going to tell you a few more. When we were in that same parking lot, I walked up to a man who was sitting in his vehicle with a window open. Usually, I would only talk to people coming out of the store, and rarely, rarely do I go up to someone with their window rolled up. But if their window's rolled down, sometimes I'll go up to that. Usually, I try to get them in a certain way. But this young man was sitting in his vehicle there, so I walked up to him. I said, sir, I said, I got a gift for you. This book tells you about the lives of famous Christians, end-time prophecies, What's happening to freedoms in America and how Jesus wants you in heaven? He said, sure. He said, I'll take that book. Right next to him uh, was another vehicle with a, a woman, a young woman, maybe 20 or so, sitting there with her window rolled down. I think they'd been talking back and forth. And I said to her, I said, I gave her my my thing, you know. Ma'am, I said, here's a gift for you. And uh, she says, I don't want that book. She said, I'm an atheist. Well, there was three other people in the car, so I leaned a little bit closer, and I said, well, isn't there someone in the car that would like this book? And sure enough, someone from the back seat said, they said, sure. They said, we'll take it. And then before I left, here's what I did to that girl. I leaned up a little bit closer to her, and I said, ma'am, I have some, I said, I have something I want to say to you. Jesus died for you on the cross, and you are very precious. To God. And I walked off. A few weeks ago, um, there was a large event. <laughs> I've never known about this, but there's a large event south of Columbus on for several days. It's called a pumpkin festival in Circleville. And they say about 100,000 people a day run through there or go through there. And I believe it. I mean, it was like I was there Friday and also Sabbath and passing out books. And uh, on Sabbath, there were some sections of the fair where the crowd was so thick that it was literally shoulder to shoulder and someone immediately in front of and behind you walking down the street. And on Friday, I was alone. On Sabbath, I was joined by some people. And half my time on Friday was spent walking from the event to my vehicle to get books and come back. If I would have been had a better setup, I could have passed out twice as many. But to the glory of God, I was able to pass out 530 books uh, on Friday uh, to the people. Uh, I, there was probably at least uh, five um, um, ministers that took the book very gladly. Sometimes there was people that actually come out of the crowd and asked for the book. They saw me... They saw me or they saw us uh, passing out out the, out the books. It was just an incredible experience. Um, I don't know, maybe it was maybe 800. I maybe talked to, maybe got out 800 books on Sabbath. It was just, it was amazing. I just kept moving, kept moving, kept moving. Probably in sometimes I would, in one minute's time, I would approach maybe three people. Yeah, I was moving pretty fast. And of course, if, if three people, for, for every one person who accepted, if I had to talk to maybe three people or four, I don't know exactly how many, but I think I maybe talked to about 4,000 people in two days. It just, it's just amazing. Uh, there was a couple of Mormon elders there that we visited with for a little bit. And, um, yeah, Nick helped with that. Um, 
But I joined in the conversation just a little bit. And we were talking about, you know, being baptized for the dead, which is a Mormon uh, doctrine. And I spoke to the young man very straight for a few moments about that. And I said, look, I said, I don't mean at all to be unkind, but I said, I'm telling it to you like it is. And the one young man said to me, he says, I like it that way. And when I walked off, I um, gave him, uh, I handed him a great controversy each. Um, You know, brothers and sisters, I believe we need to be occupying some of our time on Sabbath doing witnessing somehow, some way. Somehow, some way. I met a lady in a parking lot. In fact, last Sabbath I went to uh, a church I've gone to in the years past quite a bit down in Coshocton. Went to, and after church, I went to, out to a parking lot. And I don't, I don't say this to boast, but I just want to kind of give you an idea of what can happen. The Lord helped me pass out 110 books in two hours. I mean, I was, I keep moving, I keep moving. And I'm very sincere with the people. I try to be loving and kind to them. I had some very good contacts. There was one man very receptive, and I got his name and number because I told him we were going to have a diabetes uh, class there locally pretty soon. There was another lady. She said, you know what? She says, my husband and I have seven children. She says, I don't know why in the world we brought kids into, into the world at this time. She said, this world is really getting crazy. I said, do you go to church anywhere? She said, no. She said, we're having a hard, hard time finding a church. I said, well, can I have your name and address and study with you? She said, yeah. So I got her name and address. Last weekend, I went and made the first contact with her. It was not a good time. Her husband came to the door, but he was very nice and very congenial. But by the grace of God, I plan to be following up on that. Um, There was another lady who I walked up to her and her husband, and she said, hey, she said, said, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. Well, I'd never seen her. I live, you know, in that community there. She gave me her name. In fact, I got her name or number. And uh, just last, the poor dear woman, she's really in a struggle. Um, That was several weeks back. She sent me a text last night. She said, I'm really in a struggle. She's married to an atheist, and it's just really hard for her. But she's reaching out. She's reaching out. And uh, she was half in tears when I was there talking to her. Um, Anyway, I'll tell you maybe one more, and then we'll get into a study here a little bit. So. I, I tell you mainly the good stories because there's people don't like me. I mean, or don't like, you know, you just, you get the rejection. But I try and be very kind to them and loving. And I don't, if they're rejecting me, I don't spend time with them. I'm on, I'm, I'm on down the next person because it's, it's a big time issue. But when I was working in this one particular parking lot, this woman, I, I think she was demon-possessed. But she was about 80 feet away from me, and she started pointing at me and screaming and accusing me of approaching women that were alone. It was just, it was insane. There was some police cars out on the street. She said, I'm going to call the police on you. <clears throat> so I thought, first I thought, I'm going to try and get away from this woman. So I walked around behind a tall van, and it just so happened there was glass in the front and the back. She could see me playing as day. She said, there he is. She, she was making a scene. She said, there he is. He's trying to hide. So I thought, I'm going to walk right over this woman. And then I started walking over to her, towards her, and then I thought, nah. So I went to my van, got some more books, and I came around, and there was two employees from the business there. They had probably been observing me. So they walked up to me, and the man said, you know, he said, what are you passing out? I said, I'm passing out this book and this brochure. I explained it to him. 
He said, oh, he said, that brochure is really nice. He said, I'll, he said, I'll take one of those. He said, by the way, he said, if the police come, he said, we will back you up. <laughs> he said, when I go back inside the store, he says, I'm going to tell management you're out here, and I'll just let them know you're just fine. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. So, you know, the Lord, the Lord will help us. Um, and the literature we have, one man I came across, he said, he said, I already read that book two times through. Some uh, previous time, I'd probably given him the book, or he got it when we were passing out books downtown. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing more powerful than these books, the, the, the literature that God has given us. And uh, there's people out there, they're hurting. Like, they need hope. And one thing I like to do when I pass out a book, if I only have... A very quick moment, I'll say whatever it is, sir or ma'am, here's a gift for you. It will give you a lot of hope to read. So I'd like to, for us just to think and ponder a little bit about Revelation chapter 14. Now, the, the, the uh, uh, passage that we read today from Ezekiel uh, is... Worth uh, reading again here. I want to take a look at this. I'm looking at Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 7 through 9. So thou, son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Look, this is the this direct statement to the prophet Ezekiel was written for the followers of Christ to the close of time. Proof? Second Timothy chapter three, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. That's proof. Brothers and sisters, I believe that there's kind of a mindset that's incorrect that's rested upon us as Seventh-day Adventists that somehow it's an option whether or not we serve Christ and proclaim this message to the world. It is not an option. It's our duty. Okay, Not everybody's going to do it in the same way. Granted, but we should be doing something. And, you know, I, I will just tell you this. I don't always, or, or a lot of times, I don't feel like necessarily going out and exerting myself. But you know what? The Lord gives wonderful rewards. It's a precious reward to see someone. There's, there was one man the last time I was out in the parking lot. He grabbed me by the hand and he said, Lord, he had the nicest prayer for me. He said this, Lord. He said, Lord, he said, this man is doing your work. It was just so sweet. He took the book, took the... Look, God has said, my word shall not return unto me void. If you want guaranteed results for your life work, spread this three angels' messages and get it out to the world. Yeah. Um, I want to um, encourage you to, look, not only read your Bibles, read the Great Controversy, uh, but I want to, again, encourage you to spend some time memorizing from the Word of God. We need to memorize from the Word of God so we meditate on it, so we drink it in in a more much deeper way so it becomes more a part of our very soul and life. 
It's by beholding that we become changed. You know, this year, I like to spend time memorizing. I've done a lot from the New Testament. But I've decided, you know what, you're really slack on the Old Testament. So I picked um, 11 passages from the Old Testament. And Lord willing, by the end of the year, I'll have the very last one done. Right now I'm working on Psalms chapter 40. And then what I do once I memorize it, every couple weeks or so, I go over that same passage three times as part of my devotions, make sure I've got it memorized and keep drinking in the message that's in there. Uh, uh, Chapter 46 and chapter 91 in Psalms are powerful psalms that especially apply to these last days. Psalms 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of, of the sea. I won't take time to quote it all. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Psalms 46, Psalms 91, powerful passages to memorize. It, it's, it's, even, if, uh, uh, even if you have to uh, really push at it for a while, get them in your head, phrase by phrase, verse by verse, then memorize them, and it will become a, a part of your character. And it's, it's life from Christ in every one of those verses. Every one of those verses. You know, brothers and sisters, all through the time in history from the days of Adam all the way down through the, the, the proclamation of the saving power of Christ has been a very serious thing. And I'm going to bring something up here to you I, uh, just because I think it's, uh, maybe it's, it will give some directive and be somewhat hopeful. And I, and I don't, you have no, absolutely no idea who this person is and I don't, want to feel critical to him or whatever, but I'm still going to bring up this incident to make a point. So on, the, on that occasion where um, we were in that very big crowd um, for a couple of days working, I was having a very nice conversation with about three or four or five people, and a man came by who knew me. He was an Adventist, and I knew him. And he said this in a joking way. And I'm not even going to say what he said. But it was a very undercutting comment directed directly at me. It was all done in jest. It was all done in joke. And I was, I was so bothered by it, I even rebuked him right there. Um, brothers and sisters, here I am trying to witness to some people about the three angels' messages. And someone comes along and makes a joke. A cutting joke right at me. Okay? Look, this is no time for jokes. This is no time for jesting. Every idle word that we speak, we will give account thereof in the day of judgment. We are to rise above these things. We're on serious ground here now. Let's not be, even as a jest, let's not be undermining the work of God. You know, uh, so, but anyway, I want to ponder with you just a little bit the first angel's message, and then I'm going to read uh, a few statements here out of 7a of the uh, Bible commentary on... um, uh, on the, commenting on the three angels, commenting on the three angels' messages. You know that you know these things. In fact, the, the Revelation fourteen should be memorized. At least the three angels' messages they should be memorized. All right, but let's just think on the language here a little bit, and then I'm going to read you a little bit of commentary here from seven A that's inspired commentary on these passages. So John uh, says again, Revelation fourteen. He says. I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, 
having the everlasting gospel. Um, to preach unto them that dwell upon the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. And then it goes on. The third angel says, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. This time when wrath comes, it will be unmixed with mercy. You realize that? Once the three angels' messages have been proclaimed, the warning against worshiping the beast in his image, the focal point on in this matter is going to be the seventh-day Sabbath versus the first day of the week, Sunday, as the day of worship. And by the way, Sunday is Satan's seal. Sabbath, Saturday, is God's seal. This is literally the issue. Lucifer is so sick, he wants the universe and this world to worship him as God. He's merely a created being. And he, in antagonism to God, he has an alternate day of worship plus all the other things that he has lined up. Um, I want to read to you here a couple statements. I have the 7A of the commentary. Um, This is uh, 7A, page 422, or it's volume 7, 978. The 14th chapter of Revelation is a chapter of the deepest interest This scripture will soon be understood in all its bearings. And the message given to John, the revelator, will be repeated with distinct utterance. Same page below the, this quote. The message given to John will be repeated with distinct utterance. Another quote. Christ is coming the second time with power unto salvation. To prepare human beings for this event, he has sent the first second, and third angel's messages. To prepare human beings for this event, he has sent the first, second, and third angel's messages. These angels represent those who receive the truth and with power open the gospel to the world. So the three angels symbolize a people who proclaim the last gospel message, they receive the truth and with power open the gospel up to the world. Uh, This, uh, I want to ponder just for a moment on this point, uh, which I know you ponder on probably quite frequently, but it needs to be brought back again uh, as a matter of emphasis. That is the health message. 
I'm reading here from Councils on Diets and Foods, page 32 and 33. It says, the health reform I was shown is a part of the third angel's message. It is, in other words, health reform is a part of the third angel's message. In fact, she says it's the right arm. God's people are not prepared for the loud cry of the third angel. They have work to do for themselves, which they should not leave for God to do for them. Gluttony is the prevailing sin of this age. Got to watch overeating. Okay, that's what she's saying. It's real serious. In order to be fitted for translation, the people of God must know themselves. They must know themselves. The refreshing power of God comes only on those who have prepared themselves for it by doing the work which God bids them, namely cleansing themselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In other words, the substance of this quote is saying, look, a very important integral part of getting ready for the loud cry of the third angel's message is to do whatever we can to bring our bodies in harmony with uh, health, the laws of health uh, so that we are more receptive to the Holy Spirit. Okay? So there's a lot of things that can be said, but let me give you two suggestions that will kind of rev up your health. Here's one. <clears throat> and most people can do this. There are very few people who can't do this. Ah, there might be someone, if they have a weak heart or something like that. And I know you, you're not going to maybe find this uh, enjoyable, but it, it is really good. When you take a hot bath or a hot shower, don't leave before you turn it on straight cold. Yeah. Run it 20, 30, 60, uh, 20, 30, 60 seconds. Well, now, you're an enthusiast. I like you. But if you even do it once, that's really good. On a daily basis, did you know that when you use hot and cold water in contrast, it has a, an electromagnetic effect on your nervous system? It increases the power of digestion. It increases nerve force. It tends to oxygenate the body. It raises your white blood cell count. It's very positive for the body. Very positive. Okay? Do it. It's good for you. So, here's another thing we need to do. You know, Christ commanded fasting. The Bible teaches fasting, and Christ commanded it. And then when you read throughout the spirit of prophecy, we're reminded of it often. Uh, we, you need, and I have a few papers on fasting if you want to do a little, they're short, if you want to do a little bit of reading. But brothers and sisters, do you realize one of the things that fasting does is it clears the clutter out of the brain pathways and enables you to think more clearly and to be, have a better capacity to think clearly and to learn better. Fasting also cleans debris out of the system, out of the body, gives the stomach and the liver and all those things a rest. Um, I can't prescribe for you how much to fast or when to fast, but I can give you some suggestions, and then you're going to have to apply it yourself. Some people do what's called intermittent fasting. So they, for example, is they only eat within, like, say, a seven-hour window every day, okay? Well, yeah, you can eat twice a day in seven hours, but the point is, is if you eat within that time, you're going to have, once your second meal is digested, you're going to have at least a 12-hour period where the stomach is rest, is not digesting food, and as soon as the body stops digesting food, it's going to turn to a process of internal cleansing. It's very good for the body. 
uh, a 24, 30, 36 hour fast is really good. Ellen White says we should set aside days for fasting. In other words, look, you may not get as much done on that day. Now, if you get used to it, you can, sometimes you can get more done. Now you feel good. But you may not get as much done that day. But, but from my experience, what I've found, if I will set aside a day for fasting, which I try and do fairly often, and it slows me down, then the following week after I've broken the fast, come off carefully, the following week I'm more than rewarded for what I can get done because I feel so much better. Yeah. So it's definitely something that we've got to do to bring your body into a more clean, healthy state. <clears throat> Here's a couple more statements, then I want to refer to something else here, and we'll, and we'll wrap it up. This message, talking about the three angels' messages... Embraces two preceding messages. Specifically the third and embraces the first two. Then she says this. It is represented as being given with a loud voice. That is with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything is now at stake. No brothers and sisters. I know we were talking in Sabbath school class a little bit about time. I just want to throw another thought in with the mix of that conversation that we already did. Do you realize it's already 22 years since the year 2000? Realize that? Um, I can think back 40, 50 years in my life. There's a statement in the sixth volume of the testimonies, and I would like to put it in your mind. Page 14, she says, as it were, as it were, only a moment of time remains. As it were. Um, you know, once you start immersing yourself in trying to do ministry, you will see that there is a vast need in this world. Hearts that need to be touched and need to be reached. You, brothers and sisters, are needed Maybe all of us could crunch our schedule a little bit more. There's things we all have to get done. But, you know, I felt like when that big event was coming up, I'm going to arrange my schedule so I can spend an extra day down there, and I'm so glad I did. You know, maybe you can crunch your time every day where you'll spend 15, 30 minutes, something, or a few hours every weekend or an hour every weekend, something. Brothers and sisters, we've got to do something to, uh, you know, get this message out. <clears throat> it is represented, she's talking about the three angels' messages, is represented as being given with a loud voice, that is, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Everything is now at stake. The third angel's message is to be regarded as of the, as of the highest importance. Then she says this, she says, it is a life and death question. It's all out serious. It is a life and death question. The impression made by this message will be proportionate to the earnestness and solemnity with which it is proclaimed. Did you get that? Did you get that? In other words, we are sent as ambassadors, and if we're doing a la-la casual job, 
It's going to bring la-la, casual results. And do you realize how terrible that is? That we are to be Christ's ambassadors like Christ, filled with love, filled with purity, and the earnestness that Christ had when he preached. It's not casual. It's real. It's reality. You realize just uh, over the last few days with this uh, meeting um, at, on Mount Sinai, you realize where that's headed, don't you? In Newsweek, there was an article uh, by uh, evidently a Jewish man, some prominent Jewish man named Yosef Abramowitz. And he stated in that article that, that Ra, the sun god, Ra, the sun god, must be worshipped. Or civilization is doomed. You know where that's going, don't you? Mm-hmm. I'm quoting now. The roots of the ancient Egyptian dynasties coincided with the rise of, with, with the rise of Ra, the sun god, which is the same as Baal. By the way, did you know that, that the oldest idolatry known to man is sun worship? It is sun worship. And the, the history of sun worship is embedded right in the word that marks that day, sun day. It was the day dedicated to the worship of the sun. It's totally against the law of Jehovah. Of all the things that the Lord gave to the human race, he wrote with his own, he gave through the prophets, but he gave to the human race his law, Ten Commandment law, written with his own finger in stone. He left no question as to the reality of his law, including the Seventh-day Sabbath. But now we see a movement coming on, and of course the, the um, um, push is we're trying to save our environment. It was called COP27. And basically what this is is a spiritual movement to force everyone on earth to make a decision. The issue will come to Sunday or Sabbath. COP means C Conference of the Parties. It's organized by the UN to address climate change and global warming. By the way, do you know back in the what was in the 1970s the 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 drum beat back then was uh, we're headed for an ice age. Yeah, this world's going to freeze. And now it's global warming warming. So there's an effort to make an agenda to uh, preserve the earth. And by the way, we agree with doing what we can to take care of God's earth, but we don't worship it. We do not call the earth our mother. We do not refer to I hope we don't. Galatians chapter 4 says, Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. This earth is not our mother. They have Ten Commandments plus one that they are promoting now. Number six says keep the Sabbath. Number 11 says don't give up hope or the fight. Now, it's interesting this name, Conference of the Parties or COP27. Typically, we are not real happy to see a cop come to our home, right? I mean, hopefully we haven't done anything wrong. So... So I had one stop me recently. I was looking around. There was no one else around. He said, well, he said, 
the reason I stopped you is your tail lights out. I said, okay, I'll get that fixed. But, you know, typically you really don't like to have a cop stop you. But do you realize that inherent in this is this mindset that they're trying to develop in the world? Anybody that doesn't go along with this agenda is on our on our uh, list of uh, antagonists, right? In 2015, the Pope, St. Francis... Uh, wrote a document, Laudato Si. I'm sure you've heard of that plenty of times. But in paragraph number 237, he said, all nations should enact Sunday rest by law to combat calamities. So they're laying the foundation to enforce Sunday worship. All right? And... Now is decision time. Death before dishonor or transgression of God's law should be the motto of every question uh, of every Christian. Excuse me. You know, recently I was watching a documentary on things that are going on in our world and corruptions that are going on in many uh, organizations and agencies, and it was really good. Brothers and sisters, this world is now has now plunged to a depth of evil that it cannot be too long until Jesus comes back. Let's not blind our eyes or sit on our any sinful recliner. Yeah, granted, we need a, some time to meditate and go to sleep. But we are, as now as never to be before, to watch and pray because our Lord is coming back. And we are here but anyway, as I was watching that documentary, there was one man. And by the way, brothers and sisters, you realize there's people that aren't even Seventh-day Adventists right now. They're seeing what's going on. They're doing what they can to proclaim truth. And you know what? A lot of them are going to join us. Amen. They're going to join us. Yeah. But one of the men that I was watching giving his testimony, he says, you know what? He was talking about the issue that needs to be fought in the subject he was talking about. He said, I'm ready to die on that hill. Let's each ask ourselves the question, am I ready to die for the three angels' messages? Or do I love myself more than my God? One of my favorite passages in the Bible, because I live in the weakness of human nature, but one of my favorite passages in the Bible that gives me strength is this, 2 Tim- Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. It is a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. The implication is, if we're not willing to suffer for him, we are denying him. And God forbid that we would deny him. Are you willing to die on that hill? The three angels' messages, and they loved, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore, rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Ellen White tells us that every eye in the universe is now bent on the scenes that are unfolding before us, the final scenes of the great controversy. 
When Christ died on the cross, she says in the book, Desire of Ages, that when he cried out, it is finished, that his name was heralded from world to world throughout the universe. They gloried in his victory. And now, as the final scenes of the great controversy are, are coming upon us, the entire universe is looking on what's going on because Christ paid an infinite price for the souls of its inhabitants, and you are his ambassadors to get this message out. May God give you a great reward in the kingdom of heaven because of your faithfulness in these last days. Second Timothy chapter uh, two verse eleven and twelve. It is a faithful saying. Second Timothy two eleven and twelve. It is a faithful saying. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Yeah.